This is the Prayer Culture Podcast, where we talk about building prayer into the lives of Bible-centric churches and individuals. I'm your host, Michael Green. I have a background in missions to the Islamic world, as well as being the founding member of Puramore, a ministry that is dedicated to developing a deep culture of prayer within local churches and communities. My co-host, Patrick Rowe, is a board member of Puramore, as well as being a longtime church planner in the greater Houston area and Thailand. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry already. <laughs> I'm hungry already. <laughs> so the first question... Obviously, fasting in different forms from different various things has become a pretty popular idea in religious circles. And so my question for you, Patrick, is fasting a food thing or can it include other things? Yeah, you're right that this is, a, this is an important question because anytime fasting comes up, there's always the follow-up question like of, well, what are you fasting from? And so that gets at the question of, well, is it a food thing? Is, is it only a food thing? Uh, because why else would we ask? You know, what are you fasting from? Just Twinkies? Or like, what? <laughs> <laughs> if it's not just a food thing, you know, then there could be all kinds of things. Fasting from social media, fasting from movies or secular music or, I don't know, whatever, whatever fill in the blank with whatever it is, you know. So... I think the short answer, the question is, is fasting a food thing? In other words, is that the one thing to fast from? Well, biblically speaking, yes. That's what biblical fasting is. It's not eating food for a period of time, mostly a determined period of time. Not always. Sometimes it's like fast until, you know. But yeah, it's a food thing. So just to speak to the issue a little bit, uh, I'm not sure how we got to the point where fasting's not just a food thing. It's not just about not eating while you pray uh, or seek the Lord. But I would guess it's because we really love to eat. <laughs> <laughs> if I just had to be Sherlock Holmes and try to understand why, why do we want to fast from anything other than food, it's because we love food. Sure. Fasting from food is harder than fasting from social media, you know? It depends on who you are, Patrick. Well, you may be right. You might be right. But then again, I don't have TikTok. So I don't know how addicting it can be. But I know how good a chicken fried steak is. Uh, I'm a Texas I will say, Patrick, I think the idea came from like fasting is sacrifice. It's like sacrificing something. And so I'm sacrificing something. But maybe the heart of the issue is in the Bible talks about fasting being food. Mm -hmm. They're not sacrificing something that you really probably should be getting rid of anyway, or that's like an idol. No, that's you really nailed it. (laughs) Food is like you have to live on this. You know, it's not. You know, you can have you know gluttony, but like it. it, You know, food is. I need to live. We need it. And so I'm like not even going to eat healthy things for my body. I'm going to release that to just depend on the Lord. Right, right. So the expression of dependence is much greater when you're talking about food. 
because that is something I need to live. Yeah. Now, the Lord was gracious. He didn't make fasting about water because, you know, <laughs> he wants us to keep drinking water. And if anybody's listening to this and going, oh, don't put anything in your mouth, uh, no, you should drink water. But fasting from food expresses dependence at a higher level than fasting from social media, fasting from fill-in-the-blank hobby or whatever, you sure. know? Which are things we encourage. We, we do encourage, like, right? Encourage what? Like eliminating things or taking breaks from things if we feel like we have become addicted to them. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, <laughs> so, for instance, uh, about two years ago, I began a lifelong permanent fast from social media. <laughs> <laughs> I just got off. It's like, this isn't helping me at all, you yeah. know? It doesn't. So, you could, you could say I'm fasting from that, but really I was just repenting of it. Yeah. It just took up too much of my time. That's good. Too, it wasn't helping me know Jesus or follow Jesus. It didn't, I know the, the old, uh, age old thing of like, but then how do you connect with people? You don't know what's going on in their lives. It can actually be a ministry How do you tool. post this podcast on, uh, get people to hear this podcast? Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> if they're on there anyway. Uh, but I feel like the, the benefits of it were far outweighed by the negative impact to my okay. relationship with the Lord, Great. my relationship with people. So I just got off, you know, just get off of it. Just get off, I don't yeah. feel like I'm fasting. I felt like I just got rid of something unhelpful in my life. Great. Okay. That, I like that distinction. That's very helpful. Thanks for liking it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so biblically, and if, and this is, this is important to us. We want to be above all things in agreement with God. That's what we really want. So the Bible is always telling us what God loves, what he wants, what he expects, all these things. So if we want to agree with God, the first place to go is the scriptures. And in the scriptures, fasting is about not eating food. So I just feel like, I'm, I mean, if somebody said they're, hey, we're doing a church-wide fast, I'm not going to watch TV all week long, I'd be like, praise God, I'm glad you're not going to spend the time doing that. I would probably encourage them to in, to to also add to it some kind of skip lunch during the day or something like that, you know, so so that there's some kind of focused I'm not going to eat food, I'm going to spiritually feast on the Lord and depend on him and and not listen to my flesh. I'm going to deny my flesh in this way. I would encourage them to add that, but I wouldn't tell them stop fasting from TV. I'd, I'd tell them why don't you just make that a habit? You know, so yeah, but food thing primarily, I think we should view it as a food thing. As a food thing. Awesome. Great. Cool. So really then the question comes, well, why should we, like, what does it accomplish to mm -hmm. fast? And so I'm going to, there, there are several things that it accomplishes. And so I just want to talk about one and then I'm going to ping it back to you, Patrick. But the first and foremost, I think, and this is something we often miss the capping, the ending of the gospel is yet to come. That is the return of Jesus, mm. right? The end of the story is yet to come. And everything in our walk with God and in our life should be, I want Jesus' physical presence back so badly. Amen. Yeah. How do we get that? Mm -hmm. And so in Luke 5, I actually believe Jesus makes fasting about that. Okay, so here's what he says in Luke 5, 33. 
And they said to him, the disciples of John fast often and offer prayers, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, can you make the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jesus is the bridegroom very clearly, mm-hmm. right? And when he's taken away, he, he ascends to heaven. They will fast. Mm-hmm. And so we see the disciples fasting and everything. And so the fasting is, okay, the bridegroom's gone now. Mm. I want him back. Yeah. It's like if I was a bride and my husband was gone, mm. and like physically gone, I would yearn for him to come back. Right. I would just be so desperate for it. Right. So fasting is a cry for the bridegroom to come back to us, mm. the physical presence of Jesus mm. to come back. And so that I think is an overarching, like just so important thing we miss often. Everything for Jesus' return Fasting is a cry for his return. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an aching for his presence. Yes, yeah, I I love that, and I and Jesus said that, you know, so we receive it fully, and I think it's the right way to kind of it's kind of the umbrella over fasting. You know, it's yeah. like what is this? What's the overarching theme of fasting? It's aching for the Lord. It's counting Him to be ultimately satisfying. He's our need. We want him, and what's the ultimate form of satisfaction with him? It would be when we're face-to-face with him. Yes. He's here, guys. Yes. <laughs> He's here, no matter what your eschatology is. Right. Every one right. of us Christians believe he is here. That is the thing yeah. we have to have, we want. Yeah. He's going to be here, and we all desperately want that. It's going to be so, so good. It's going to be sweet, man. And so our hearts just ache for his return, yeah. for his presence with us, his ultimate rule and authority in our lives and in the, in the world, no question about his authority, his ruling. <clears throat> That's what we want. And so if you, if you make fasting about this aching in you, as Jesus did, this aching for his presence, well, when he was with them, there's no need, there's no ache. There he is. I'm looking at him. I'm listening to him, you know? I'm at his feet, and when he goes away, the ache returns. And so there's this aching in all the church throughout the entire church age, this this yearning, this pining for his return. Why why would we fast? We won't fast when he's back. Come on. That's right. We're having a feast. Yeah, we're feasting. We're just enjoying. We're just reveling in his presence, enjoying It's the wedding feast of right. the Lamb. That's what it is. Right. He ends all fasting yeah. when he returns, appropriately. It's, yeah. it's easy to see why. So, so there's that value, but like there are other reasons for fasting in the yeah. Bible. So. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of examples. So if you, just, if you just look at fasting throughout the Scriptures, you don't see there's only one reason to fast. Jesus makes it ultimately about his presence in the world, and his rule, as we've said, uh, and that's what our hearts ache for. But here in the meantime, we know that the Lord can intervene in this world, even without returning to it physically. He can intervene, and he wants to. He desires to, and so our our hearts yearn for that too. So you see, I mean, throughout the Scriptures, you see plenty of examples. Uh, you can go to 2 Samuel 12, David fasts 
for a week to seek grace from God for his child's life. His child is dying, and he won't eat. He, they won't even let him, he won't even let people pick him up off the ground. He's just so yearning and aching for God to intervene in this way to save his child's life. Second um, Chronicles 20, King Jehoshaphat proclaims a fast to seek help from the Lord against these enemies that have surrounded them. He, he says the famous prayer, we have no power against this great army. We don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. And he tells all Israel, we are not eating. We're coming to the Lord, seeking his help from this army that's surrounding us. Ezra, chapter 8 of Ezra, he proclaims a fast to seek the Lord for a safe journey, going back to Israel. Uh, Nehemiah, later on, he fasts for days. That's what he says. He fasts for days in repentance for himself and for Israel, on behalf of the nation even, not just himself, but on behalf of the nation. He's fasting in repentance. Then there's plenty of other examples, but fast forward to the New Testament. Uh, We'll get to Jesus, but even after Jesus has left and the church, fasting is a regular part of what they do. Acts 13, you have the church leaders of Antioch uh, worshiping and fasting together, and then of course you have that moment where the Holy Spirit says, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas for the work that I've called them to. Uh, That happened in the midst of a time of fasting. Uh, the very next chapter, Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas, after being sent out by the Spirit, they're fasting and praying as they appoint elders in churches, as they travel throughout these uh, Lystra, Derby, uh, some other churches, and they're appointing leaders, and they are uh, committing people to the Lord before they journey on. They're fasting as they do that. And then, of course, ultimate example, looking at Jesus, Matthew 4, Jesus fasted in preparation for his ministry. Uh, he was tempted by Satan, and he didn't eat for 40 days during his preparation, and, and he left that time filled with such power from the Spirit to accomplish his ministry. And then Matthew 6, he teaches on fasting, and he doesn't quote Isaiah uh, 58, but there's such a correlation, and, and I'll get to Isaiah 58. But in Matthew 6, Jesus' main point about fasting, he assumes that fasting will happen, but his main point is that it would be sincere He wants the fasting to be sincere. Don't disfigure your face and go about moaning and groaning to try to make sure everybody sees that you're fasting. He wants it to be done in secret. He wants it to be a hidden thing that's between you and the Lord. And so he he really emphasizes the sincerity of fasting. And, And it reminds you of Isaiah 58. The Lord was speaking to Israel, and they're saying, "Why, why don't you listen to us when we fast? You're supposed to hear us when we fast in some special way. And he says, well, I don't listen because it's not sincere. Mm. When you fast, you do it as a ritual, but you're mistreating your servants. You're stealing from the poor. You're, you're abusing people in the midst of your fast. It's not even sincere. You're not even looking to me, trusting me, obeying me, listening to me. You're just doing it as a ritual. But if you would do it out of sincerity, out of desire, out of hope in the Lord, I would listen. So just exactly what Jesus was saying, it's like fasting has to be this, this from the heart, mm. aching, yearning for the intervention of God, for the presence and the power of God. That's why we fast. Mm. And what we're saying when we don't eat is, I need you more than food. I know I need food to keep my body alive, but if I don't have you, my soul is dead. 
Yeah. I have to have you. You must intervene in this or we will perish. And that's the kind of aching and sincerity that, that fasting is really about. What do you think in our modern day insincere fasting could look like? Mm. I mean, just off the top of your head, it's like when the church declares a fast and your heart's not really in it. You're just like, well, I guess we're all doing this and somebody's going to ask me. So uh, like, yeah, peer pressure. Yeah. Peer pressure. Yeah. You know, like if we're all supposed to do this and I want to make sure I don't look bad, you know, so I pick something to fast from, I'm like, I'm going to fast from hot dogs, <laughs> you know, just say, oh yeah, I'm so fasting. I can say, yeah. Yeah. Just so you can say. Oh, uh, okay. That's good. Yeah. I, I would say that's probably a problem. I think I've probably done that before. I have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like, <laughs> uh, and, and even not eating completely for days on end and not even really knowing what you're doing, not even having something in your heart that you're pleading with God for. Sure. There's not even an ache in your heart. It's just like, I think I'm supposed to do this. And yeah. so you just do it. Everybody's doing it. And there's something to be said for obedience, even though you don't understand. Yeah. And trying to that. get there. Like you start without understanding, but go, you know what, God, I am. It, that, that I would say is sincerity. It's yeah, like, that is hey, sincere, yeah. I don't know. Everybody's doing this and I think it's a good thing to do. So let me try. Right. I have this tendency to just get hangry and mm. I really struggle to get my thoughts focused on God. And I'm just like hangry. Mm. And I'm Snickers. Yeah. And I'm trying to like fill the gap with, you know, whatever else. So I'm distracted from the fact that I'm just hangry and hungry. Yeah. And so it's kind of like that's where I struggle a lot. And, right. you know, I want a, a, the Lord to help me be more sincere. Right. And so, okay. So here's what I would say <laughs> this is my, and I'll share my experience. Yeah. And I'm not saying this is from the Lord. I don't mean this to be binding on anyone's conscience. I'm not trying to create some new tradition in the church or anything like that, okay? No no, no, no doctrine here. But my experience has been in fasting, the first day feels like, well, yeah, I'm hungry and I would really love to eat, but I'm motivated, you know? Then there's day two, and day two is just absolutely brutal. You start questioning, is this really even... No, that's that's a real uh, physical thing. Like yeah. I've talked to people who fast regularly, and it's like, right, it's a real two and like three. I think are like your body yeah. is doing weird stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's because it's aching. Yeah. Your flesh is just crying out for food that it needs, you know. Uh, but in that period right there, I think, and again, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad for anything. Like sometimes I just. I'll fast through a meal, one meal, yeah, and just devote that time to the Lord, you know, and you kind of feel hungry, but it's like, I know I'm going to eat later, but when you've decided to do a more long-term fast, if you're just fasting for a, a like two days or something like that, I've noticed that I'm so distracted. It's like the first two songs in a worship set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I really mean it. It's like the first two songs where you're like, you're just trying to get your mind to slow down and really focus on the Lord and stop thinking about all the things swirling around and just be with the Lord, be in his presence, really interacting with him and loving him. And then you get to that third song or that fourth song and you just find this amazing place where your spirit is so awake and your mind is calmed down 
and you're really, you start finding that you're able to hear from the Lord. You're learning as you love him and worship him. But if you were to just stop early because it felt like, well, this isn't working, then you miss out on what could happen if you persevered. So whether it's a day or two days or whatever, the time period isn't important, but I would give the encouragement of if you find every time I try to fast, it feels like useless because I'm so distracted and I'm just hangry and I actually am a worse person. (laughs) I'm supposed to be all holy because I'm fasting and I'm actually a worse person. I'm like angry, you know, and this kind of stuff. Push through. Ask the Lord for endurance to push through and see what kind of what really could feel like a green pasture, some still waters that he's led you beside, where you've, you've come to the place where you've said no to your flesh, and your flesh has submitted, and you're really walking by the Spirit in a powerful way. So the encouragement off the cuff is persevere. Maybe set aside some time where you just decide, I'm going to persevere through the irritability and that kind of stuff and see what the Lord might do. Yeah. I yeah. hope I hope that comes across in a way that doesn't sound like knocking anybody who only fasts for a certain amount of time. I'm not saying if you don't do a week, you didn't do it, you know? <laughs> We're not trying to do that. Sure. And that that really ushers us into our next question, which is practically fasting in our fast-paced society. You need to plan yourself. First, know your health. Like mm. don't just do it. Like it can have very negative effects on your body if you have certain conditions or you're not, you know, just be knowledgeable about these things mm-hmm. and, and don't just like go, I'm going to fast for two weeks, you know, and not eat anything because you can get very violently ill and yep. in a damaging way. So just make sure you know, you right. know, you're, you're making wise health decisions for right. your body and, and do fast that makes sense for you. And, um, and that's not a cop out. That's not a cop out. No, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we're called to care for these bodies and and be wise with these bodies and steward them well. So if you know, if I don't eat for however long period of time, I have a condition or I have an illness, a disease or something like this, you know, that is, that's going to be a big problem. And I'm going to really harm my body. I'm not just going to be hungry and lose some weight and whatever. I'm going to harm myself then I would say really seek some counsel and some advice about how you can fast in a way that's not going to harm your body in some way, you know? Yeah. And even if you are a very fit person, let's say you don't have any like specific like health issues, you do need to train your body. So like my tendency is like, Hey, I'm going to eat all the junk food the night before. (laughs) And when I'm done, I'm going to eat whatever junk food I want to. I mean, I've heard a story where somebody literally died from oh, no. from fasting too long and then eating junk food. Yeah, wow. Like too much junk food at the end of it. Oh, so you so re- you really have to stair step your body. You know, mm. prepare it, especially the longer kind of fast you're going to do. Right. So yeah. So you're saying don't go from I'm just living my normal life where I just eat as I would, and then suddenly somebody says we should fast, and you go, yeah, okay, I won't eat anything for, you know, 40 days because I want to be like Jesus, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it's like, well, I appreciate the zeal, Yeah, but you might want to, you know, seek some counsel and be more, yeah. you know, the Lord will understand. And, you know, it's probably fine to have pizza night before you're doing a one day fast. Mm. Um, but if you're like, you know, if you're going to do a longer term one, you really have to prepare your body for it. Um, and 
part of that is doing shorter fasts to help your body like get accustomed to the practice of it. Yeah. In terms of structure, structures that I've seen that have worked really well in our society is um, preparing to do fast once a week. And every week say, hey, I'm going to take one 24-hour period where basically I'm just skipping breakfast and lunch, right? Or lunch and dinner or something like that. Usually we do like breakfast and lunch. And so we actually do this as part of two more intensives, encouraging churches saying, hey, we're going to encourage everyone to fast just for that day that mm-hmm. we have the prayer meeting. So you, know? you, so you ate dinner the night before and then you don't eat until dinner the next day. Sure. Right. Right, exactly. So um, that's a way to get your feet wet, to prepare and and to start and that honors the lord that's mm-hmm. that's very much honors the lord i've been a part of ministries that'll do that and then they'll have like a three-day fast once a month mm. um that's a little bit more of a push you know when yeah. you're in in corporate work and everything but it is possible um maybe even you know once a quarter or something just planning to have or once a year just having a plan where you're like hey i'm going to do a little bit more mm-hmm. um and see what god wants to do with that mm-hmm. so i just re- really encourage having a plan for your life where you're saying, I am going to do fasting that honors the Lord mm-hmm. in some capacity to really help engage with him more. And, um, and it can really be edifying and, and really increase your walk with him. So absolutely. And I, I would just add to that. Those are really great practice. That's really great practical advice. And, and we should try to be practical about it, have a plan, be thoughtful, be faithful about it. It's not just, I mean, you see some fasting that happens in the scripture. That's just like, right now, stop eating, yeah. you know? <laughs> but what we don't want to do, two, two things come to mind, is, for one thing, it is impractical by nature to not eat yeah. when you're used to eating. That's just impractical. So be, ha, being thoughtful, having a plan is really good, but you just got to know this is interrupting the normal course of your life, and you're going to feel it. It's going to feel inconvenient. And so you just don't want to be like, well, I had a plan, so now it's easy. You know, it's kind of the whole point of it is that it's not easy. It's not easy. No. <laughs> and you don't like it. Your flesh hates it. You know, um, another thing that I would say is to be cautious about committing to a fast in a way that basically amounts to making a vow. Hmm. Okay. I, and I've seen this happen where somebody basically on the front end makes this commitment, this kind of promise or vow that they're not going to eat until something happens, or they're not going to eat for a certain number of days. And, and the commitment in itself is good. This is my goal. And, and I believe the Lord wants me to do this. So I've taken the time to listen to the Lord. And I think this is good to him. And so I'm going to seek this. But if we make kind of a vow in ourselves, you can easily come to the point where this is clearly not what the Lord wants, or you're not even listening to the Lord. This is not sincere, and you're only doing it because you don't want to have lied to God or to your wife or to your pastor. And so you just, it's not even from faith. You're not even seeking the Lord. You're just trying to not lie. And I think that's a really unhealthy way to do fasting. Mm. I don't mean it's unhealthy to commit yourself and to persevere. What I'm saying is be careful about this vowing, promising, 
where things could change, God could mm. reveal something, God could give an answer, and it's no longer necessary to fast because he did the thing. Um, or you could get yourself in a real bind, especially when you go, I'm not going to eat until God does this thing. I think that's very presumptuous yeah. and dangerous. And it's like trying to twist the arm of God. Uh, like, God, you're either going to do this or you're going to kill me. You well, know? That happened to Saul, right? Saul's men or whatever he vowed that yeah. they wouldn't eat until something is accomplished. So I'm trying to say this may be the first time on this podcast we have an actual real disagreement here. I agree that you shouldn't make a vow that God has to do something before you stop fasting. Mm -hmm. That's very unwise. And it's, you know, it's only negative in the Bible from what mm -hmm. I can remember, at least in my mind. But making a vow to a time, maybe with a caveat, like a vow that says, I will do this unless it is absolutely detrimental to my health or to the health of my family, I guess, and if that's possible. Nothing else will stop me from doing this, I guess. So maybe it is a vow, but or it's a commitment. It's, yeah, it's a so commitment. Maybe I'm just wording it differently. I, maybe so, and I and I know it's I know it's very nuanced, but I I I'm want just, it to be serious though. I don't want to just do absolutely. just say I'm going to try and then because I never am going to follow through with that. No, no, no. Yeah, if it, <laughs> no. If it's about just kind of me in my flesh, just giving it a shot, then I know that's probably not going to work out. What I'm saying is that that spiritual kind of promise that we can make that, that elevates the thing, in this case the fast, above the authority of God, above the decision-making power of God to change the circumstance, to answer the thing, to convince me otherwise, because I, I need to have the humility to say, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know how God's going to answer I don't know if he's going to change my mind about what's good here. And then I've committed myself, I've made this promise that I'm going to do this thing, and then I have to break a promise, which God is gracious. He's understanding. But I, I just know that in the supernatural world, we need to be very careful about making these vows that are not in submission to the ultimate authority of God to decide. So that it's like, no matter what God does, no matter what God says, no matter how God acts, I have made myself obligated to do this thing. And it doesn't have the caveat, like you said, of, of course, if God answers in some clear way, what's the point of continuing? Of course, if God... Okay, so a vow has no caveats, essentially. Is yeah. what you're saying? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, okay, that's I point. guess that makes sense. There's no room for a sovereign act of God that would change the situation, that would change what would be a good outcome. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no listening to anybody anymore, you know? <laughs> Uh, I just, I, as a society, we have this tendency to be super wishy-washy about everything. Right. And right. I want, my, in myself, I want to commit to it and complete it. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, I would say, I have to be careful about using something like health as an excuse if it's some minimal thing. Like, it's mm -hmm. not really an actually serious thing. I'm just... Yeah. I just get headaches. I am just hungry or I get headaches or whatever. Yeah. So we, I want to be super invested and serious Absolutely. and not just like, yeah, I'm going to not do it now because it wasn't a vow. You know, it's right. like, no, I don't want to try. I want to do. 
Yeah, I totally. I agree. don't want to try not to sin, you know, anymore. I just don't want to sin anymore. Right. You know. Right. Yeah, but okay. So there's an example. <laughs> but am I going to promise God that I will never sin again? Am I going to make a vow, a binding vow, like? I don't be, know what's a binding vow. That's I guess. <laughs> I, I think it's something where you. It's like, may I be cursed. Like in the Old Testament, you see this thing, may it be done to me and more also, if by this time tomorrow, you are not, you know? Okay. <laughs> so it's, so if I sin in X way, strike me down dead. Basically, God. this kind of stuff where it yeah. leaves no room for the sovereignty of God, the grace of God, the decision-making power of God. It's just right now in my passion, I make myself with this promissory obligation right. devoted to this thing. and. I think that's unhealthy. I think we need to hold it open-handed. God, this is my effort in seeking you, and I'm wholeheartedly committed to seeking you in this way because I think it's what's good to you. I think it's what you've called me to. But if you change something, then I, I know you have grace, or yeah. you've answered. I, then I change my mind. I agree with you. The fast is over. And I'm an imperfect person, yeah. so it's it's... The vow is like, hey, I'm perfectly going to execute X, Y, Z. Exactly. Just me. the same way you wouldn't say, I, I I, hereby vow that I will never sin again. That, to me, is so unwise. Yeah, the, the reason I don't want to sin again is because I don't want to grieve God's heart first. Yeah. And second, because I know the consequences in my life and the consequences for others in my life of sin. So I, I don't mm -hmm. want to do it for those reasons. Yeah. Fully committed to not sinning. Yeah. And, but something like that's good, like fasting, you know, or something I am doing and I'm committing to do. It's the, if I give up in a way that's not God ordained or directed and I just give up, I'm not going to get the same accomplishment or the things that I Right. Maybe wanted out of it. Right. The, the only way you would want to stop... Not as much there. Yeah. The only way you'd want to stop a fast that you've committed to is to stop faithfully, to stop in obedience. Yeah. But what I'm saying is leave room for the possibility that you may need to stop faithfully and out of obedience. Okay. That's that's my point. That's fair. It's like there was, um, there was an African pastor I read about who was doing a 40-day fast. From everything, mm. like water. Oh, even water included. Wow, on a mountaintop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always on a mountaintop. That's that's a requirement. <laughs> yeah. Fun thing about uh, how did that go? Did he survive? Fun thing in Africa. No. Oh. He made it like twenty something days, oh. like twenty seven or something. I mean, it's a crazy long time for not having water. Yeah. But it's like, you know, with with those things. I I mean, I say. With God, all things are possible. Uh, just be, be wise and mm -hmm. drink water and, uh, mm -hmm. and and seek seek the Lord's presence and and take steps that make sense for how God has made you. And, yeah, and that's it. So, but at the end of the day, don't just not do it. Have a plan and practice fasting. Make it a part of your life. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's very biblical. It's 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 just an expression of our aching for the Lord, for His presence, for His power, for His dominion, for His glory. It's yeah. just an aching. It's a great biblical expression of that holy kind of aching in us for the Lord. And so, I, making a practice of it, being thoughtful and faithful and and patient, listening to the Lord, 
about what that looks like for you, I think is really good. And you don't need to, as you said, try to shoot out of the gate and be Moses or Jesus in the wilderness, you know, be, have the humility of trying to grow in it, just the way we try to grow in anything. We want to grow in it. And there may be some exceptional times, people, that the Lord is doing something unusual. But I would say, on the whole, regularly, you know, in the regular life of the church, we should all try to make a thoughtful plan for how we seek the Lord in fasting. Absolutely. Love it. Well, we will uh, catch you next time. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button.